All content on this channel is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as professional financial advice. Should you need such advice, please consult a licensed financial or tax advisor. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of information on this channel. So today we are talking about a pizza company, <laughs> Domino's Pizza. Yeah, of course. Right in line with all the other tech companies we've been covering, we, we're covering uh, Domino's Pizza. <laughs> because an this, obvious choice. this entire <laughs> podcast has just been one long, elaborate ruse for me to just get to the point where I could say that ordering a pizza for lunch is research. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to know the new recipe. Is it good? Is it not good? You, it's the classic scuttlebutt. You're going to have to yeah. eat like 20 pies. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I don't have the app and I just downloaded the Domino's app um, like a week ago. And uh, uh, like I ordered uh, pizzas. I ordered their like cheeseburger pizza and a taco pizza mm. and um, a bunch of other things. And I was actually really impressed with the app. Um, I was impressed by like how much visibility they give you into the kitchen. Like they tell you the exact moment where like, um, Aaron is preparing your order, but then there's like, it flips to the exact moment where the pizza is in the oven and then it goes to, it's on your way. It's on its way. And it shows you the exact GPS location of your driver. Yeah. Um, and when the driver shows up at the door, you get like a push notification. Um, so you know how to like show up like right before they arrive. And then um, the person who's delivering your pizza is actually in a Domino's uniform, which like really surprised me because, you know, I'm used to like DoorDash or, yeah. you know, Uber Eats people who are basically just, you know, like mercenaries, you know, who are yeah. <laughs> like uh, not, who, who not throw, uniform. Who throw the pizza, throw the pizza <laughs> at your door and, and uh, give you the finger and leave. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent here's, service. Here's your 20% tip for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like really impressed. And then, you know, they were really friendly. And then the, the whole thing was just like very seamless and a very quick delivery. Um, everything happened in like less than 30 minutes, including from like the part where I downloaded it from the app store, set up my account and payment information, decided what I needed to order, and then put in the order and then had it delivered to my front door. Like that was actually like, really really quick and very easy um and then like you know e even like navigating their coupons they gave me like a 20 percent off my, my order and i was like sure i'll buy 20 percent more let's see what's going on i'm in yeah <laughs> and um you know in, in terms of like the follow-up from the app <laughs> i have an apple watch and like yesterday uh, i received a push notification in my apple watch uh which is kind of aggressive uh yeah for uh, some sort of domino special where you mix and match two items for like $5.99 each or something like that. And I was like, uh, normally I would like immediately turn these things off because I don't want like to be interrupted in my day with like random push notifications for domino's discounts. Yeah. <laughs> but for pizza on my watch, on my wrist, you know? And I'm like, it's like ah. in the middle of an important meeting, yeah. you turn off all notifications. It's like, did you know? You can get 
<laughs> you, you can get uh, you can get poppers with your pizza tonight for drink. You know what? I didn't, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle of a job interview, and my watch goes ding. <laughs> Did you know? Um, so like, I, was, I don't remember what commercial that is. Yeah, where you like, <laughs> like it, it goes, it makes the Taco Bell sound, and you end up like running out of the room or whatever. It's like in the middle of an interview. Ding! I got. I'm sorry. I gotta go. It's it's a buy one get one, yeah, it's, and I, it's important. I it's important. Twenty percent off. Like it's I gotta important. do this. Yeah, yeah. Do you want some? Do you want that slice? <laughs> I can order you a cheeseburger taco slice. <laughs> and um, you know, in terms of the food, it was okay. Like it was not horrible pizza. Um, it wasn't like on par with some like really good local chain that's like the best in the area, but it's like a mom and pop store, which is normally where we would go to. Um, but I would say for like um, commercial grade pizza, like fast food pizza, it was like slightly above average and it was like better than I expected. Um so uh, I could kind of like see why, um, you know, people would um, order Domino's like regularly, um, especially if they're where the area that they live in didn't really have um, enough density of like mom and pop pizza shops to have a good enough pizza location. Um, or if you're like randomly in some place that you're not super familiar with, you don't want to take like an hour of research on Yelp to like figure out what the best pizza place is in this random spot in San Diego. Um, and then you just want to like have pizza quickly because your kids are starving, you know? So you just like go in the Domino's app, like, you know, Domino's like right there. There's like one, like eight miles away and then boom, you get your pizza because you know what it is. It's good enough. And you don't want to do the research of going to a sit down place. Um, so that was my scuttlebutt from, from the Domino's app. I was, um, I was quite impressed by that. And I could kind of see why they've been so successful. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy stock. I mean, you, you sent it to me and I've, I've actually you know, poked around uh, there. I remember a couple of years ago, they had some crazy chart. Maybe I can find it and send it to you. It's from like 2017, 18, 19, somewhere in there where it was like Domino's Kager compared to like every darling stock you've heard of, like Amazon, Google, Netflix, like whatever. And it was just like, Domino's. <laughs> they, they just crushed everybody. And I could, I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was fake. Like yeah. Domino's pizza is crap pizza. in my head. And like, you know, Domino's is not the best pizza. It's not the best of the chain pizzas either. Like, the, you know, quick pizza. Um, but I looked at it and it was real. And at that point, I was like, I should probably track this stuff. So um, I have owned and not owned over the last maybe five or six years, whenever I saw that chart, I don't remember when it was. Uh, and it's been pretty good, but not so much as of late. It's actually dipped pretty significantly. Um, I think everybody knows what Domino's is. I don't know, overseas, they don't have much of a presence, but I don't think our podcast does either. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we need to like go into detail. They're basically quick service retail. So they sell pizza, they sell some other food. Now they have a little bit more of a menu. Um, they have, I think I saw 18,000 plus, almost 18,300 locations in mm -hmm. almost every market in the US and they are global. Um, yeah. They have mostly U.S., I think, uh, half, and it's almost entirely franchised. Yeah, half half in the U.S., half international. Yeah, so it's fifty. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I'm just saying they own they their their market share is primarily U.S. driven. Mm -hmm. uh, right. They're like top of the chain in the U.S. I think they own like twenty. I don't know, twenty something percent of the U.S. market. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Four like four their... players make up the top fifty two percent of the QSR market in the U.S. 
they own, do, 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 do. yeah, I don't remember. I saw it somewhere. They, oh, they, okay. They own, DPZ owns 22% of the QSR market share for pizza in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And then maybe 18, 19%, something like that globally. So yeah, I guess everybody should know who they are. Um, but they were trading, they're trading now at about $431 a share as we record this. Um, mm-hmm. $60 billion market cap. It's, it's a pretty big company, but it's not a massive company. Yeah, uh, and they do about four point three seven billion dollars in revenue. Um, they're down pretty significantly from the beginning of the year, which is why this is an interesting time to cover it. I feel like every time we've talked about a stock, it's been all time high or near an all time high. Um, so it was it's down from five sixty two, five sixty five, six seven something like that, five hundred sixty five ish per share at mm-hmm. some point early this year. Wow. Um, so yeah, a, maybe maybe a buying opportunity. Yeah, I, I haven't been keeping track of this stock, so I, I, I'm, I'm actually I've never owned it before. So you have more history with it. Um, I didn't. I hadn't actually like realized that it had reached five fifty per share. You know, I, I I think that it's done really really well. And um, the thing that like I, I was trying to figure out was like why has it done so well? You're like. You told, you're correct. Like there's lots of pizza options in the U.S. And there's many people who like actually would prefer a mom and pop pizza shop. So like, what is it about Domino's that makes it such a strong performer over like all these years? Um, and one of the things I started looking at is that like the, the they really turned things around starting in 2010. Um, and it's because this, their, their ex-CEO who had like a long tenure from like, let's say 20 early 2000s to um, his retirement a couple years ago. Um, His name is Patrick Doyle. Um, He decided to um, turn Domino's into a technology company that happens to sell pizza. And his challenge to his team um, in 2011 was that I want to make it possible. Is it possible for a Domino's customer who has a smartphone to just be able to order a pizza from us while stopped at a stoplight. And that's usually 17 seconds. Like, can we make this happen? And um, the team rose up to the challenge. They created like a, an app and then they reorganized the way that they cook in the stores. They reorganized the way that drivers deliver stuff, um, which was actually like basically reorganized everything around this concept of Somebody needs, if somebody needs to order from us, they need to be able to complete their order in 17 seconds or less. Um, and they were able to do it. Like I, I looked at the way the app is today and I'm pretty sure I could order in like less than 15 seconds based, assuming that I've like set up the app and I have my payment in and I've ordered once before. I know I could do it. It's not that hard to do it. So I think they've achieved their goal. And I think the brilliance of um, setting a, an organizational question like that is that it reorganizes the entire company into one single mission that is actually really important uh, for success, which is that you want to remove as much friction as possible between the customer and his pizza or her pizza. (laughs) Yeah, you you don't want to have like unnecessary barriers or slowdowns or hiccups that will prevent somebody from having an impulse to want pizza and them getting the pizza from Domino's. Like you want Domino's to be the slipperiest hill that a person could actually ever encounter in the pizza ordering process. 
because there's so many options and you want the Domino's pizza option to be like the easiest one to slide on because people are lazy. And when I'm like tired, it's been a long day out of work after work and like the kids are hungry. Sometimes you just don't want to like spend 30 minutes trying to figure out which pizza place you could get delivery from or like what kind of pizza you want. You just want something that's like quick or easy. You could get it done in like a minute and then boom, it's reliable. Like you get your pizza like delivered to you in like 20 minutes later and you can track it. So, um, you know, that insight and organizing the entire weight of the organization to support that one insight, I think is genius, is the genius of this whole thing. It's why Domino's has made so much money for shareholders over the last 10 years. Yeah. yeah, I do think there is something to be said for this company in particular as they embrace technology. So I, again, my day job, I try to sell technology to companies. Um, I've sold products to Yum Brands. I sold some cool supply chain stuff to Papa John's. Um, I've worked with Pizza Hut underneath Yum Brands. You know, I've done projects with companies. Nobody's more eager for stuff than Domino's. They want to see everything. They want to evaluate stuff. They're happy to do pilots and proofs of concept. Uh, I still haven't done a deal with them for a variety of reasons, but mostly because we don't have anything that makes sense for them. But, you know, I remember I pitched 7-Eleven and you go around and around in circles about how to get stuff done and what they're looking to do. And, you know, everybody wants to be more technology driven. Uh, but Domino's really leans into that. It's like, if I can cut out 10 seconds from your delivery time, or if I can reduce friction by one click, uh, that becomes primary for them. Uh, and I think that does differentiate them a little bit. One other thing we should cover, they're, they're a franchise. We, we haven't really covered franchises yet. You know, we talk about good brands like, like Peloton or whoever else we've covered. You know, even when we talk about like Starbucks, like those are not franchises. Those are, um, you know, own stores. 98% of these are franchises. The nice thing about a franchise for people who don't know how that model works, basically like if me and Gil wanted to open uh, Domino's, we have to pay Domino's money they let us use the Domino's name and then we pay them a percentage of whatever we sell, I think forever. So yeah. uh, for Domino's- Every week, amazing, forever. Yeah, <laughs> Every forever. And they're not the only franchise. There's a ton of franchises. I think Papa John's is also a franchise. Uh, I know 7-Eleven are franchises. So like, it's just a smart way to grow your footprint as Domino's without actually expending any OPEX. Like you don't have to spend money to, to grow and expand and build a new store and put down a lease or whatever. Uh, you have people doing it for you, uh, which is interesting. And so, you know, if you look at the growth and that's why I was talking about the revenue, you know, uh, they've got what we say 18,000 locations or something like that. The mm -hmm. revenue is growing at a compound annual rate of about 10% per year for the last mm -hmm. decade, which is insane. Uh, and again, that rivals technology companies. You don't usually see that uh, in like, like traditional retail or QSR or food and beverage. Uh, but what's even more impressive is on that 10% revenue growth rate, the earnings per share is up almost 24% compounded yeah. annually, which is just like when you don't have to spend any money to make more money and you keep making more and more money, it's a pretty yeah. good model. Uh, and then when you compare that, again, just the long-term outlook, like if you're looking back on a decade, and we did this with Constellation too, just look at past performance. Uh, and you can, you, you're going to be impressed, right? So I compared to Yum, right? They own Pizza Hut, like I said, and I think, I forgot what else they own. They own a couple of different QSR companies. Um, but, you know, twice the size, give or take, it's like a $35 billion market cap. 
um, they're negative 6% CAC for over 10 years. Right? Wow. And then That's terrible I was like, okay, let's pick. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And then let's pick a, let's pick a company I like, right? Let's take Starbucks. Starbucks is, you know, much bigger. It's $110 billion market cap, give or take yeah. 108 billion market cap. Uh, they're 9.5%. So they've underperformed Domino's on a 10 year period, despite this recent drop, by the way, which is insane. If you had done this in January, they'd be crushing everybody. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. I was like, you know what, how are they doing versus like a real steady, you know, I looked at Berkshire, Berkshire is a $700 billion market cap. Uh, you know, they've been uh, probably one of the steadiest growth companies over long periods of time that I know. Their 10-year CAGR is only 6.6%. So wow. it's kind of like, you know, if it was over a one-year period or during COVID or three years, you're talking about 10 for a decade, they've outperformed like some of the best companies in their space and some of the best companies not even in their space that I would trust over long periods. So to me, that's why this is an interesting stock to cover. Um, and the fact that it's down pretty significantly since it's all time high, not too long ago, makes you wonder what's going on with this company. And, and unlike Constellation that just continues to rise at a pretty steady clip, uh, it's not like there's, you know, a massive payday over the horizon or a huge risk to the business underlying the company. Uh, what's going on, right? Why, what, what's a drop? You know, that's a, that's a pretty big drop. That's a significant drop for the stock. Um, and I, again, they beat earnings. They beat earnings every single time. Why, why is it going down and what's the fear in this company? So like you said, what makes them good? I think there's a lot of things. I love the model, uh, the embracing technology. It's a growth, you know, they've been growing really well. The story is really good. They've got an incredible track record of success. They open up stores very aggressively. They have great market share. What's not to like? Uh, but I think there's some, some stuff built into that uh, looking forward that, that maybe puts people ill at ease. Mm. Well, I mean, okay, here's the thesis, right? What if the recent drop from the 550 mark to about where it is trading right now in the 400s, uh, 430, um, was caused because of really two things. One, just the general story of COVID um, in the sense that um, maybe the, some people think that Domino's results were um, artificially boosted or inflated by the fact that people were staying at home and just ordering pizzas, um, which might be true, right? Um, and uh, now they're going to have a slowdown in same-store sales uh, because people might not be ordering as much pizza. They just actually want to go and sit down and have like a quote-unquote a real slice as opposed to a fast food slice. Um, so that's one idea. The second idea is that, you know, um, Domino's is trades like a growth stock and um, it's yeah. multiple, um, it's market cap multiple on revenue is fairly high, um, e even today after the haircut. Um, and it's not one of those things that people traditionally think of as a growth stock until you start looking into it. Um, like people don't think of it as a technology stock until they start looking into it, right? Like the traditional one, tech stocks would be like Google, uh, Facebook, now Meta, things like that. And like Domino's doesn't usually enter the pantheon of that thing, but it no, trades no. like a tech stock, you know, and has a multiple of a tech stock. And so, you know, when the, um, the, the Fed starts tightening up interest rates and, um, you know, people are starting to discount the terminal end of their valuations for growth stocks, um, you know, the, then that means you get multiple compression under the whatever metric you look at, like price per revenue or price per earnings, that kind of thing. And Domino's just got 
throw lumped in with the rest of those other growth stocks and you know taken out behind the woods and beaten up that kind of thing um so that's my idea about it if i had to ask is there something in the performance of the company that merits being taken out behind the woodshed and beaten like there's really nothing like there's there's it's well, doing really well i actually just i disagree with you i well and i agree with you and i disagree with you i don't think it's only the interest rate and the you know dcf calculation that you know you kind of um reduce the value of the company i think there's other stuff going on in the world right now that would be bad for Domino's. i think in general right uh one is cost of food right he said it in the quarterly report he's like food costs are rising dramatically um there's no good strategy like if you're a low cost uh, option for whatever food they sell meat too. They have chicken tenders and other stuff like and cheese prices any animal product that stuff's yeah. going through the roof right now. I saw a picture, uh, I don't know, on Reddit today of like at Walmart, they started packing the meat in those like, you know, uh, tagged containers. You can't take their, you can't steal them. Like the stuff they put, <laughs> in, you know, Oh no, like, cause it's so expensive. Oh, yeah, no. There's a huge shortage. So like, I think, yeah. I think the, the rising costs, I mean, I think he projected eight to 10% of, of costs um, expected, you know, expected costs um, increase in the next year. Yeah. That might be optimistic. And if, and I think it hurts them more than it hurts. Like if you're going to pay a hundred dollars for a, a meal at a nice place, you don't care if it's $120. Right. But if you're going to pay 12 bucks for a pizza and it turns out it's now $18 or you wanted to pay $9 for chicken tenders and now it's $14. It does make a difference and it's very competitive down there. So uh, I think food costs is one thing that like, maybe the people are looking at the outlook for, for production and all the supply chain issues and all the farm issues is on the daily. Also the daily podcast had an episode about uh, farming and how the supply chain there is all messed up. You know, maybe people are looking at that and just being like, There's, they're going to have to raise their prices to stay competitive. Their costs are going to go way, way up and their margins will go down. And it's yeah. just not, then, and then that calculation changes. Uh, yeah, the other and- thing I also think is labor, labor, right? Like it's hard to retain employees right now, period. Everybody's bouncing around jobs. I see it in my job. I see it, all my clients, like nobody wants to do work that, you know, they don't have to do or they don't want to do in some, in some way. So maybe they wouldn't struggle with like another franchisee, someone opening a franchise. There's something maybe a little more there than like a delivery person or behind the counter person. It's tough to hire those people. It's tough to keep those people. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't think in a job like that, I mean, like any restaurant, it's hard to motivate someone an extra two or three dollars a year on your, you know, or an hour or whatever on your salary. Like nobody cares anymore. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm just going to move back in with my parents in <laughs> Omaha and, and trade you NFTs know. for a living. I'm going to trade crypto. Yeah. And I'll just buy, I'll buy crypto. Like nobody wants to do that work. It's not an appealing job and there's yeah. not a lot of growth potential in it. I think labor shortage plus increased food costs is, is going to hurt them. And I think maybe that's just baked right into the valuation. You see it. People are scared uh, in macro markets, right? You watch commodities markets, soybeans, coffee beans, uh, meat, cow, the ticker, like just the, the, the price of things is going up. The commodities are going up. That's going to hurt a company like this uh, at the bottom line. So yeah, you'd see the valuation go down. Yeah. I think that touches on something really important. Um, in the markets today, which is that there's going to be a bifurcation in the market. Um, I think the market is going to emphasize uh, looking into um, something very subtle and important 
for companies, which is that, um, like, what kind of pricing power does it have for customers? And the companies who have um, pricing power will do well and thrive. And the companies who do not have pricing power um, will not thrive. Um, and the market. What gives a company pricing power? It's right? subtle. It's human nature that gives something pricing power. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, this is something that you can't model on an Excel spreadsheet. You just got to handicap it using your gut sense. Basically, you ask yourself a question like, for this good or service that I buy on the regular, you know, if the price goes up by 10%, will I continue to buy it or will I stop buying right. it? And, the, you know, you answer that for yourself and you answer that for what you think the mass of customers of that product or service will do as well. And the market's starting to make these, these determinations. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, the second question besides um, pricing power um, is also capital intensity. Um, because in inflationary periods, um, the price of materials increases. And um, if you have a business that requires a lot of capital and let's say a factory, and then the factory depreciates, and then you have to replace it with a new factory in an inflationary period, by the time you are going to like get the goods necessary to replace your factory, it's gonna be more expensive in the next time period in an inflationary environment than it was before. So you're, you know, ramping up, you're, you're basically storing your profits during that time frame, but having those profits get eaten right. by inflation for the replacement cost of your equipment. Um, so that's an, a separate thing. But, you know, right now, Domino's does not have that issue with capital intensity because it's got a franchise model. People basically contribute money as franchisees to the company so that it could open new stores and then give it like a weekly blood money. Uh, as a percentage of like revenue, you know, so it's like, it's very capital light. All they have to do is maintain brand, think up of new menu items, and then make sure that the app really works well, technology wise, that's like nice. But the other, the question that you're bringing up, which is that, you know, as Domino's faces um, inflationary pressure, does it have the ability to pass its higher costs on to customers? And, you know, it depends, I think at the end, like on what your customer base is. See, like, for example, if Apple raises their prices 15%, I think the, the nature of the customer base of Apple would be like, this sucks. And I'm complaining about this on social media, but I'm still going to buy yeah, iPhone so 15. Yeah. Like I'm going to eat that cost, you know? Yeah. Um, so there you're pretty sure Apple has uh, pricing power. It could pass on higher prices anytime it wants. It's been doing it for the last... 15 years, even without an inflationary yes. environment, it's got no problems doing that, you know? Um, does Domino's have that kind of like, you know, upper tier customer base? Like that's the real question. I don't know the answer to that right now. Like, it because, you know, on one hand, I think that the technology focus and the ability for um, Domino's to compete on service and um, uh, reliability lends itself more to the type of consumer who has um, discretionary income and can actually absorb huh. like a few more I would have said the opposite. Because- I would have okay. said that lends itself to the type of consumer that's price sensitive. Okay, but here's my argument about it, right? Who yeah. are the people who value their time the most? Where they're- like, uh. Who, who, you know, willing to like order stuff on a smartphone, 
And like they value things like the ability for Domino's to deliver at a precise GPS location on the beach or park that you're having a day out in and just deliver to that location as opposed to a known address. Like who values that? Like I think people who have disposable income. So for those people, if my thesis is correct, if if there are those people, an extra $3 on a $60 order, like doesn't really make a dent in their decision-making purchase. They just want their pizza delivered quickly, efficiently and reliably. And if it costs them three or four dollars, that's not a big deal. Like they're price insensitive. That's my argument. I, on the other hand, like if I'm thinking about like who would be price sensitive, like if you look at the the way that their customers are split, they have like 50%, I I saw this in a slide, like roughly 50% of their orders are delivery and roughly 50% of their orders are takeout. Like people actually go into the store and pick up the, the pizza, okay? But interestingly enough, two thirds of their profit are from the deliveries. And only one third of the profit are from takeout, which is weird. Like how could takeout, which should cost you more to deliver labor-wise, give you more profit than the people who are actually showing up to your store and saving you the money of delivery? It's because the people- Because they value their time. Yeah, the people who show up to the store, they buy like a slice or something like that, or like chicken tenders or like a a little, uh, like a pretzel Mm. twist or whatever, a bread twist. And they don't, they don't, they don't spend that much money because they don't value their time. They walk to the store, you know. But the and also, people, like you're not getting a family meal. You're not bringing your whole family to Pizza Hut to sit down and have a hundred dollar dinner. But you yeah. would order it to your house. Yeah. yeah, like I could easily, like if I were going to invite extended relatives over, you know, and like have a pizza dinner, I could easily order three or four pizzas just to make sure everybody has enough, and then we have leftovers for like a couple of days. Yeah, that's totally. like. That's like a 60, 70, $80 order. And if they tack on an extra $5 for tip, I'm like, yeah, you know what? The delivery guy deserves the tip. He's carrying a lot of hot, heavy pizzas for me. And I appreciate the, the service, you know? So yeah, I, it depends. I think it depends on the customer base. No, it's a good point. I, I think even if they lost, you know, a, a percentage of that lower value customer, uh, it, it doesn't hurt them as much uh, because they've invested so much. You know, I look at, I was trying to look at, what technology they actually bought or, or where they've deployed. And it looks to be mostly around like, you know, autonomous driving, you have some AI, you have some like delivery tech. They partnered with a robotics company uh, to do a delivery system in Houston, which is kind of cool. I was trying to read into that. Mm-hmm. I think everything you're saying is true in that if they can set themselves up as the most reliable, fastest, consistent delivery service, that's where they're, you know, that's where their their money is made on the deliveries. And if they can own that market, that's going to look much better for them in a downturn or in another pandemic or in anything that they've really invested very heavily in that area. And going back to the beginning of what we said, you know, a lot of these companies use third-party delivery and it is inherently less reliable. I think yep. you get, and more maybe expensive. you get really good, it's more expensive. It eats into, I mean, I think every, every QSR would love to have their own delivery infrastructure their own, In an fleet, ideal their own world. drivers yep because because it costs them money to, to use the third party and and it's much better to have i mean in an ideal world it's flexible so yeah. the guy working the counter can get in the car and deliver pizzas and it's kind of you know flowy with demand um you know uh having a flex driving force would be ideal so 
I don't know. I think if you're going to invest in any area, uh, and I think they did some work. I, I read they changed over their recipe. The pizza's better. Last time I had Domino's pizza, it was absolutely horrible, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> so I, to be honest, like maybe that was old recipe. Maybe it was like... Was it before 2010? Because Patrick Doyle is, you know... Oh, to, man, maybe. Oh. Honestly, maybe. It's been a long time. I just, I remember eating it and saying, I will never eat that again. And then... I believe later that evening confirming that I will never eat that again. I mean, I, I, I felt like I ate bricks. Um, so yeah, so uh, I don't know. I can't really speak to the quality of the pizza, but let's just assume it's on par. I think you're right. If I'm sitting on my phone, it's like my kids are hungry. It's, you know, it's six 15. I'm like, I got to eat dinner. Do I want to roll the dice with like, you know, DoorDash delivering from a local pizza shop that may take an extra 20 minutes and I can't really get minute to minute visibility on my awesome Apple watch that I don't have, Danny Gill, then, you know, maybe I would, maybe I would rather pay a couple extra bucks. And I think that's fair. Sometimes Um, I've looked at DoorDash just like at 6.30, which is peak hour. And I'll look at restaurants and it'll be like 45 minutes, like, or one hour delivery time. That's in my area, you know? And at that point, it's unacceptable because I've got young kids and they, they need food like really quickly. And we've got to do the bedtime routine. Um, and to, to wait an hour for delivery just doesn't like cut it. So at this point, and, and then not to mention, like you have to like decide um, which restaurant you want to be eating at. And then also what you want to order from that restaurant. So that takes more time. You know, if Domino's is um, just like ready with a known order that I know I've ordered before that I liked and that the kids wanted to eat and I know it could get to me in like 20 minutes, I'll do it. And like for DoorDash, like sometimes like that hour wait time at peak is like not possible. Like I can't do it. Like the kids bedtime routines are gonna get in the way, you know? Um, So I think actually that's a big advantage for them to have vertically integrated the whole ordering and logistics system and built it out. Um, One of the things that I saw as part of their marketing plan was this thing called the fortress strategy. I don't know if you you encountered that. I saw that too, yeah. They call it the fortressing strategy. And they basically show geographic maps and uh, like area codes and like a store dominating that particular area. And then for the next area, there's gonna be another store that dominates that area. And basically the idea is like in medieval times, a castle would dominate the nearby region and protect it. And then you could harvest all of the income from the serfs, you know, making agricultural products for the Lord of the manor, right? And in this case, the fortress is the store and it is servicing this geographic area and it's blanketing it with coverage. Anybody who wants dominoes gets quick service from from that particular store in that particular region. So it's, um, yeah, it's a good strategy. I, I, I you know, I, I, I've been reading, there's actually a local ice cream shop uh, where I am. That's like, they were written up in the newspaper about like being extremely aggressive and their strategy is like a more combative form of fortressing where like they find the closest competitor and open next door. Oh like my God. Every single one. Yeah. It's wow. That's like, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's on my street. There's like an amazing ice cream place. It's like I think it's like the best I've had. And there's one of these shops next door. They opened next door. So then what so, do they do? Do, uh, they undercut, is, do they undercut? The yeah, other they just store? they, they come just... in. They, they they put up the same similar. It's just very similar. And you know the thing with them, they're such a big chain here. Everybody knows them. So like if you're visiting, 
you, you go to what you know. They have a better right. brand, right. Uh, which sucks because the local one is um, amazing. I think right. I think it's the right. best ice cream I've had. Um, but yeah, it's like fortressing is is more about defense that you open around yourself. You find your own. You open close to your own stores, and you're yeah. able to like block out an area where like why wouldn't you order Domino's? Like everybody yeah. around you is ordered. So it's a little different, but uh, yeah, it's definitely. I think it's a good strategy, um, yeah. and, and has worked really well for them. Yeah. And those stores, the Domino stores, they're not really geared for like sit down eating, which is probably like the least profitable form of, of eating because you've got to like have a waiter bring stuff out, you know, get the money. People take a long time with the tables. It's like really hard to actually run a sit down restaurant. But like a Domino store isn't actually geared for that. It's geared mostly no, to not at all. either send you a pizza or you get your pizza and then you leave immediately, right? Like the carry out thing. Uh, which means that they don't have to spend as much money on um, rent uh, because they don't have a huge footprint. And most of the CapEx is uh, just building the the oven and then making everything ready with the technology mm-hmm. and then having labor costs, basically. Um, the other point yeah. that you were saying, which was that um, labor costs are rising, is probably going to be true. That's going to like add to their inflationary pressures that they need to price on, pass on pricing. Um, to their customers. Um, But one thing that I did note that was really interesting was that they have some sort of statistic on their slides that says that like 90% of new franchisees um, are actually came up from the domino system. Like they started off as a delivery dude or somebody. Similar to Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, or Costco, like cause Costco always promotes from within. Mm -hmm. And I think like um, that's probably like the, the hope the ability to possibly move up is the best possible thing a company can offer um, and um, be able to be competitive on wages. Because you're right, like if for many people they're like, oh, $12 an hour versus $13 per hour, I'd rather just like stay home and not do anything or whatever, yeah. it's not worth it. Collect my unemployment checks. Yeah, yeah. But like for somebody who is um, got an eye in the future and actually wants, like has seen, that it is possible to like come up from delivery driver to franchise owner of like 10 Domino's pizzas franchises, making like six figures close to a mill, that kind of thing. And you want to work hard for that. Like this is the best possible path. Like they'll train you, they'll give you experience, they'll give you opportunities. All you have to do is work hard, save up some capital and then open your first store. That's it. Like it's so simple, you know? Um, and it's I true. think I don't know. There's some, some it, it does. I, I, there's something about, and I'm trying to put myself in a younger person's mindset, you know, right? Like, I don't know, you're, you're coming home. Do you want to tell your parents you're working at Domino's Pizza and you hope to open a franchise? Or you could say, I'm working at this really cool up and coming coffee shop. It's called Dutch Bros. And, you know, they only promote from within. I'm on a management track. Like, I don't know. Domino's is at a brand level. I don't think they have that cachet where they're going to be able to, you know, get and retain talent. Right. Yeah, Maybe they yeah. can keep some people because they, they see career longevity there, but they're at a brand level. And you made a good point that like, you know, maybe they're keeping their customers because of performance and that could be true. They're just the most consistent, best performing delivery, whatever. Uh, but at a brand level, I don't think Domino's has any, 
uh, any upper hand on any of these other chains. So, you know, yeah, Pizza so Hut, it doesn't Papa have a huge John's, advantage. Subway. Yeah, I don't no, elevate. Zero. I don't like think so. Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, Domino's. They're all on the same level for me. I don't see yeah, one as being right? higher than the other. Like in a weird way, you I and I really like, needed. You know, what we needed to do. You and I needed to go on a full blown like tasting tour. We need to try pies from all of those places, <laughs> like multiple times. That's what we should have done for this podcast. Done like a full yeah. ranking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, them all. yeah. My doctor is gonna freak out on my blood test <laughs> after the. It needs to do it. I needed to do it for the pod. All seven of our listeners needed to know which the doctor's like was the best piece. I'm looking at your blood test results, and you're gonna die tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's what's gonna happen. You're dead. <laughs> you're well, you're, you're dead already. It was worth it. I don't know how you're alive. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's actually what we needed to do because uh, I actually haven't ordered a lot from these places. I only ordered Domino's. And technically, actually, like the thing that I, like if I'm thinking of pizza, uh, I really think of like local mom and pop stores, right? Like I think of like a like, more authentic Italian place with like really good attention to the ingredients and then blah, 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 right? Um, and so like the, the, um, the biggest drag on Domino's is, um convincing people that it they have a like a good enough pizza with a good enough service for it to be a reliable order um and versus what most people i think have in their mind which is that when they want to order pizza they want to order from like a mom and pop store with like a fresh pie that kind of thing and mcdonald's actually has done that like to be honest like a lot of people order mcdonald's because they think like it's tasty which it you know, it is sometimes for what it is, but like, like fewer people, I think, think today that they want to go to a mom and pop burger place. They'll just go to like a big chain and it's like, okay. And I don't know when that transition in the customer's mind that like, that's, that's like a good thing. Pizza hasn't yet, I think, made that transformation. Domino's, if it's playing the long-term game, wants to make that transformation, just like the way you know, the the diamond cartels of South Africa somehow convinced us all that in order to get married, you have to pay the diamond tax. Meanwhile, like for centuries, nobody were, was using diamonds to get married, you know? And there's there's only so many of them because we're hoarding the rest of them in our vaults. <laughs> you, you need a diamond to get married, but we're not going to give it to you right now. <laughs> so, I mean, like they convinced people over long periods of time where it was unacceptable to like get married with a diamond. And now I think Domino's long-term game is, you know, our quick service pizza is what should be at the top of your mind when you order pizza, not like a small mom and pop like store. Like you don't want that pie. You want our quick pie, which is good enough. It's like the same way McDonald's did it too, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, so I think that's like the long-term case for them. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, what else do you want to get to the part where we uh, talk about the, the buy? Or, <laughs> you, want, you want to get to the important part of the podcast already? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I don't, know what else I, I don't know. I, 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 I had a little bit more on specifically the delivery tech, but I don't think it's worth going into because I think we both agree that if there is a differentiator from a technology standpoint, it's that, right? I don't think that they're using technology necessarily to make better pizza or to you know, employ people better, you know, whatever. I haven't seen a ton of stuff, but let's assume that the technology is helping their delivery and that that is a differentiator. 
Um, I think I went first last time. You can go first. I, I, I have my, my, my conclusion on these guys. Okay. So uh, when I think about where there are, they are right now, which is a 16 billion market cap. Um, and, you know, I think we had established that the revenues were around uh, 4 billion per year. Um, they, um, that's, that's, they're, they're trading at around four times revenues, which is pricey, but not like, let's say a Tesla, which is 10 times revenues. That's like much, like twice as much, that's pricey. Pricey, right? Like that's, that's a lot. Um, and, you know, the other hand, on the other hand, like, you know, Domino's has growth, but it's not like crazy growth. The total addressable market for pizza is going to be about 120 billion per year. So, and they, they can't take like that much more share. Um, like they can't, I don't think they could take a hundred percent share on that thing. Like there's going to always right. be other pizza restaurants. Um, so it's like they're steady growing into a, into a, like a slow growing market. And then they have some operating leverage in the sense that they're capital light. And then the biggest thing is that they don't have as much pricing power. I mean, that, 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 that we have to figure out what kind of pricing power they have at the end of the day um, for an inflationary environment, but at least that they're like, their CapEx is fairly low. Um, so they're not like very intensive that, that way. Um, I think that, um, I think that uh, there might be some more pain later on with respect to this. So for me, I would hold off and not buy Domino's yet even though I do think it's a very, very good company. Um, my target for this would be if there is some sort of market disruption with Fed tightening and it gets down to something like less than 2x revenues, I would really think that that would be a really great buy point. Um, yeah. Very similar actually to like, you know, when we both decided not to buy Peloton a long time ago at 40 billion market cap. Now it's like an eight billion market cap. It's yeah. beginning to look like really tempting, like to to start it really taking is. some yeah, uh, I, some bites in there. Um, it's, it's, Domino's it's, Pizza is not like at that like deep red buy zone level. Um, mm -hmm. I can be patient on it because I think if I buy it now, it's probably offering me something like eight to ten percent yield, which is good. But like, maybe I could get a little better, like 12, 15% yield, that kind of thing, if I wait a little bit longer. Um, or if not, I just miss it. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's just what I'm thinking right now. Um, like, I don't, I don't feel forced, like FOMO to buy this thing. At, at, right yes. Now. I feel almost the same way. Again, makes for a boring pod, but um, that's, that's exactly my look too. It's, it's, it's Steady company. It's a good company. They've got incredible performance. It reminds me of Constellation in that sense where they're, they've picked an area and they're really, really good at it. And they have a track record of being really good at it. Uh, and I would fault nobody for buying, especially right now. It's down almost, what, 20% or something over its uh, all-time high. I mean, it looks it looks, it looks looks better. It looks, it looks good. Like if you'd asked me in January, I'm out 100%. It's just way too expensive. Um, but I think, again, keep an eye on it type of stock. Same as Peloton, like we said, same as uh, Dutch too. Just keep an eye on it. 
if the price dips, I don't know if it's two times revenue or sales would be uh, would be a, a, a nice bargain. I think you can that get would it down be a there. Steal. Now that would be a at, steal. I would be buying that. Yeah. That's a steal. That would be great. So yeah. you know, you I, you keep keep an eye on the stock price. I think the first barrier, and I don't do technical analysis, but I think if it gets below four hundred a share, um, that that might be the floor kind of dropping out, and you could see it go down to maybe like three fifty, yeah. three twenty five, three hundred. And again, maybe it's in conjunction with food pricing, labor shortage, and the Fed tightening up, and all of a sudden the price goes. To me, at a long-term play, they are a little bit sticky. They may not have the brand, um, but I think their investments in technology especially uh, will make them much more uh, robust in tough times, right? Um, Focused on really making sure the nuts and bolts of their online app, their their delivery, the mechanics work really, really smoothly. And again, I think their customers value that. I think the people that order delivery pizza want those things to work every single time, 100% of the time. So um, yeah, it's a company I'd love to own. I think that's what I'm saying. It's a company I'd love to own. Um, and I have owned it on and off for a while. Um, but at this point, I, I'm not buying more shares. You know, I haven't bought more shares in over a year. Uh, it just, as the price keeps going up, it's harder and harder for me to justify. Um, but yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. This is one I would definitely add to my position Again, maybe it's in that like low 300s range. If, a, if there's a confluence of factors that can drive the price down that low. Yeah, if there's a market um, panic, you could probably get it down to that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not crazy. Yeah, it's in the low 400s now. Um, I think people are skittish. Uh, and again, it's in the food industry. And, and that's, that's an area that, that you know, is, is very touch and go right now. People are nervous about long-term prospects about anything in food. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not unreasonable that it goes down another 40 points or 40, 50 points in the next three months. And in that case, yeah, I would definitely add to my position right now. It's still too expensive. Um, so I keep an eye on it and we'll see. Yeah. One we last, have to revisit it. One other data point I wanted to, I forgot to bring up was that they actually tell you what their projections are for growth, what they think is reasonable. Um, the U S yeah. has about 6,400 stores right now. And they think the long-term potential is to get to 8,000 stores from 6,400. So maybe like, let's call that growing by a third in terms of their footprint in the U.S. But what's interesting is like outside of like developed markets like the U.S., um, the emerging markets, the the opportunity that they see there is actually much greater. For example, I was surprised that in India, they have 1,400 stores, which if you compare against the U.S. 6,400 stores, it's actually like a fairly sized proportion for a place like India, where I didn't expect that people would love pizza so much, right? Um, and they think yeah. they could grow from 1,400 stores in India to greater than 3,000, you know? And um, so that's like nearly a double, whereas in the U.S., they just see growing by a third. Um, and that, you know, you stack on other markets like China, South Korea, uh, places in Africa, um, and uh, you can kind of like see a lot of incremental store growth there. I think what is important in the international community is the ability to have a blank slate and then reform people's impressions of what pizza is if they don't have like access to a lot of pizza, if that makes any sense, and then become like top of mind as like a premium pizza provider because it's like an American company and it's like a professional grade pizza or something like that. 
Like there's like some weird cultural differences where like in China, people think of KFC as a premium luxury brand. Whereas in the US, we're like, I'd never eat at a KFC, that kind of thing, right. you know? But yeah. they had the chance to like reset customer expectations going into a big market like China. And I think for Domino's, the incremental upside is taking that top of mind premium share in emerging markets. Like in India, the ideal thing would be in India, everybody sees Domino's as like the amazing luxury premium pizza place to go to and everything else is trash. You know, that would be amazing. (laughs) You know, that would be uh, surprising. There is a Domino's near me. So I'm I'm in Israel currently. um, Mm -hmm. And there's like a random local pizza shop and a Domino's. And it's, it's kind of, I thought it was weird when I got here that it's like, you know, of all the brands that like, I just wouldn't expect to see Domino's. I would have expected to see some local Israeli pizza company. And there is another one, but people order Domino's. They have tons of motorcycles and they're always on the road. And when yeah. I go to a kid's birthday party, it's always Domino's. Like, I do think they, I don't know, again, I don't know if they're ever going to establish themselves as the premium pizza brand, um, but I do think they will, they, they have in a lot of cases and may continue to establish themselves as the most reliable pizza brand. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's the case, you know, if I'm having my kid's birthday and I, I got to, you know, the food didn't come, it's catered and I got to order pizza, it's going to be Domino's. So um, that might be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, globally, I haven't lived in too many places internationally, but um, yeah, it looks like, you know, they, uh, they, they are aggressive about expansion and the franchise strategy lets them do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, 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 could, uh, they could continue to grow and continue to, to improve their margins with technology. Uh, and assuming they're not bit too hard by, again, labor and food and, and other stuff and the Fed too. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, again, it's a stock I, I would love and do and would love to own. It's just like, they will perform. If the market conditions allow it, they will perform. And they've yeah. proven that over the last 20 years. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you, this is a good company. It's a really, yeah. really good company. They execute really well. I'm going to have to order a pie tonight. I feel like it's not <laughs> way to end this yeah. podcast. Do some scuttlebutt. Ask them how busy they are. <laughs> no, no, I'm hungry. It's, it's dinner time here, man. I'm starving. <laughs> that's good times yeah so for me it's still on it's going to be on the watch list like definitely one of the the top names i'd be looking at in my watch list if there's a market panic and you know things are selling at irrational prices i'd probably want to buy like call options of this thing because two years from now it'll be doing much better than than it was before assuming that inflation is transitory or maybe the other out is that they have pricing power um that they can pass on to their customers so we'll find that out too yeah, we will see. Keep got to keep track of this thing and then see how they perform. All right, and uh, all of our all all of our followers should post pictures of them eating Domino's and give us a rating. <laughs> make a, get a consensus oh, view on oh, the quality. Of the only after we've bought in, like we got to buy yeah. in first, and then people got to start doing this. I yeah. mean, at least five five to six orders are going to push the market, man. <laughs> like that's that's uh, definitely going to make a move. It's all sweet profit from there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, We'll sit this one on the sidelines. We'll keep an eye on it. Yep. Yep. It sounds good. Catch you later. Good show, my friend. Talk to you.